This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Ask Jason Show. Ask your questions here. Go over it. Anything you want to talk about. Any business, life, e-com, whatever it is. Whatever you want to talk about. Put the questions in the comments below. If you have any questions, just comment. We'll go through it. Megan has a bunch of questions that came in. So let's just jump into it. Okay. All right. So our first question of the day is from Kristen. All right. What metric is the most important for an e-com brand? My answer is going to be pretty simple on this one. It depends. Depends what your goal is, right? Is your goal to acquire customers? Is your goal to acquire customers profitably? Is your goal to just bring in as many new customers as possible, but you don't care what the cost is because you could acquire them on the back end. You, You could sell them more on the back end. So increase the lifetime value of that customer is your goal to, is your goal to build brand awareness is your goal to, there's just so many different factors that go into it. So what metric is the most important? There's no North star, right? ROAS like return on ad spend is what everyone looks at, but that may not be the goal for people. Like some people don't care about it because like I said, they want to acquire customers. They don't care what the return is because they know on the back end that they'll sell them a lot more. So they're able to go down in return on ad spend, thus being able to spend more, right? Because the nature of paid ads is the person who could spend the most to acquire a customer wins. The most important metric really depends on the goal that you're looking for. I will say though, that I believe that there is one metric that is the most important for any business to run and that's money in the bank. How much money did you make? And put in the bank profitability over anything else or is your business making money because whatever else whatever you're looking for if you're not making money your business is going to go out of business so did your business make money their money in the bank that's how you know if you keep going everything else just comes down to what your goals are okay okay what are some ninja marketing tips for a new brand trying to get exposure but doesn't have money to spend on ads. And that question's from Ben. Ben, if you listen to the show, again, I'm very straightforward on, on this. This is, if you don't have money to spend on advertising, which is fine when you're starting a brand, how can you do it? Go find people, like, develop an avatar. So who are you selling to? What do they look like? What's their demographic? What's the psychographic? What books do they read? What events do they attend? What blogs are they reading? What books do they read? What music are they listening to? What movies do they watch? What TV shows do they watch? You understand your customer better than they understand themselves. If you do, then you could paid advertising becomes easy, but we're saying not paid advertising, show up at those events, be at those trade shows, show up at that music festival, create content around there, get in front of as many people as possible. Find ways to collaborate with influencers in the space. Do paid, do shout outs, Instagram shout outs. Those work really well. And that will build your following on social media as well. So find those people that fit the demographic you're going after and make deals with them. Find ways to collaborate, joint venture partnerships. That's how you leverage somebody else's list. Somebody already paid to acquire all the customers that you're trying to sell to. So how can you leverage that? What kind of deal can you make where you could get in front of someone else's list. What can you possibly do? That's one of the easiest ways. Another way is 
Hey, Jason here. I hate to interrupt this episode. I'm, you're probably enjoying it so much right now. And thank you for paying attention to it and tuning into this episode. Look, the truth is I really need a favor from you. We really want to keep getting this in the hands of more and more people. So if you could do me a favor and head on over and leave a five-star review, leave us a review, leave us some comments, share it with friends, spread the love. It would mean the world to me as well. Continue the conversation with me on Instagram at Jason Portnoy. Follow along there. Look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much. Now let's get back to the episode. I remember when I had my first like office with a clothing brand was in someone else's office. They were another clothing brand. I was in there. I went and introduced myself to the neighboring buildings, right? So who else is there? Who's around you? How do you get in front of them? You get your haircut somewhere. Can you put a sign in front of in there? And can you sell out of that person's shop? Can you do a pop-up shop in someone else's location? There's so many ways that I think we get so locked down on paid ads. But I will say that if you do have the money to spend on paid ads and you try to ignore it, that's just to your own peril. There's no reason why you wouldn't spend. But if you don't want to spend, there's the grunt work, there's the door knocking, there's the hustle that goes into it that you could easily build a brand that way and validate your offer in the meantime so that when you do come down to paid advertising, when you're ready to make that jump, you're golden, you're way ahead of a lot of other people. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned pop-up shops. I feel like that's a big thing these days. It is because there's no need for you to have a physical location. And especially, mm -hmm. I think Lululemon does this, they'll test location by doing a pop-up shop and see how it does there mm -hmm. before they, they have the location. But it's a great way. You don't need to be tied down to a lease. And nowadays, with the way the economy is, there's so many locations that are vacant that you could possibly go to and be like, hey, look, I just want to rent this space for a weekend. They'd be more than happy to rent it to you because they don't have no one else filling that space. Mm -hmm. So you can try different areas. You could try different states, different cities, and see how it works. Smart. Okay. Next question is from Steven. How do I feed my mind positivity when everything I see or hear is negative? Or even just stay positive when it looks like everyone else in business is crushing it, but I'm not. The second part made this a little tricky for me because I was going to say that the and tricky in the sense of i i think that's a big no-no and i'll get to that i'll get to, i'll answer the first part and then get to the second part it's tough right everything around you is negative the news you watch the articles you read right news isn't reporting beautiful sunny skies every single day blue skies and palm trees and blue water ocean every single day it's negative so it's hard so you got to tune it out and that's where I think one of my mentors really helped me with this is gratitude. Are you grateful for the things you have? You know, gratitude is an amazing thing to have. Can you find things you're grateful for in, in the middle of the day? I try to wake up every single day. And before I even get out of bed, like I'll wake up and I'll just close my eyes for two seconds, literally, and just think of three things that I'm super grateful for. I end the day. This is again, came from one of my coaches told me to do this is end of the day of what are my three wins for, to, oh, what are my wants? What are three things that I accomplished today? And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be like, I signed a new client. It could be, I worked out. It could be, I, I picked up my kids early. What are things that are wins for you? And then what do you have to do for tomorrow? And then what do you pay for? Gratitude will help with that. Then when it comes to the second part of your question, so sorry, gratitude and perspective. 
could, if you could also understand if you're grateful for where you're at and then have perspective that, you know, your life is probably not as bad as someone else's and you're always looking at the person above you. But if you have perspective and realize that there are people below you, that kind of helps as well. So when it comes to looking at people who are ahead of you and comparing, comparison's poison, it's toxic. And I would say the easiest thing to do is a detox, like delete social media off your phone. Stop scrolling. Scrolling is only going to make it worse. It's going to spiral. You have zero context into why someone's posting what they're posting or if it's true or not. I also think by you looking at someone else's success and comparing it, one is you're hurting your own chances of success because now you're just knocking yourself down. And number two is you're belittling someone else's work that they put in to have that success. You're not doing an apples to apples comparison. So I would say delete social media from your phone. And a great trick that I do like maybe like once a month or two, I would say, is if you have an iPhone, go grayscale on your phone. So that turns your phone into black and white, which is incredible because then you don't feel the need to sit on your phone all the time because everything's black and white. It's just pictures look weak. Scrolling on social media is just stuck. Watching YouTube is just watching YouTube videos is just awful. Like you're not watching black and white. And what's amazing is if you could do that for a few days, like maybe a week, when you actually turn color back on, it's just so incredible how the colors just pop and everything just seems so, so vibrant, so beautiful. You have a new appreciation for that. Get off that dopamine chase and stop scrolling. So grayscale, I've not heard of doing that before. That's interesting. Grayscale. That's a good idea. Grayscale is awesome. You don't sit on your phone anymore when you go grayscale. Hard to do like when you have little kids, but it's hard to do when you have little kids and you're trying to take pictures with them. Um, um, yeah. And then they want to play on your phone. So you're like grayscale yeah. to color. But yeah, I do this for like three to five days, once a month or two. I just go grayscale. Good to know. Okay. Next question is from Hannah. Okay. What is your best advice that you've received in the last three months? Watch how I talk to myself. Watch the words I say. Watch. It, that's just an easy one for me because I was just having this conversation this morning, earlier this morning. Watch how you talk to yourself. If you could really pay attention to the words you use and how you speak, not just to people, but how you talk to yourself and what you say about yourself, especially to your own self in, in those quiet moments. So it's self-talk. <laughs> not, not just positive self-talk. Like we look at things all the time and we're like, we either sit there and say, I wish I had this, or I, I wish I had more hair. I wish I was thinner. I wish I was, I wish I was taller. I wish I was like you, everyone has their insecurities. Why am I not further ahead of my business? Those are questions. Those are the question itself. I get where you're trying to go with it, but that's just a bad way to phrase it. Is there a better way to phrase it? The words you use are just so important because your mind it's input and output. Whatever you like, it's not just input from like what you input into work is the output you get from it. It's input, what you put in your mind, what you feed your brain, what you feed your body, all those things is the output of what you get from it. And I've gone down rabbit holes on this because I, I believe it's so important is, are you feeding your brain? Are you feeding your mind the right thing? So if you're going to go in and you start talking to yourself negatively, the mind can't differentiate between real and fake. 
It really can't. And that's the beauty of the mind. So if you feed it positivity, that's what it's going to search for. And that's what it's going to baseline reality on. If you feed it negativity, guess what? It's going to think the world's negative and it's going to keep searching for proof to show you that it's negative and go round and round. So if you can break that cycle, it's just so important. Okay. Okay. And now it's time for my question. Question of we. All right. Just what is the best way for a brand or company to discover who their target audience is? What's the most efficient way? I would go into what problem are you trying to solve? What do you bring to the marketplace? Uh, you could start out, you could easily start somewhere, right? Like you, you develop a brand, if you're developing clothing, for example, let's use t-shirts. Who are these t-shirts for? And then start doing research, start saying, who, what problem are you trying to solve? Are you trying to solve that? Like, hey, nothing ever fits people. These are for skinny people. These are for fat people. These are for wh whatever it is. That's, it's a question that really involves a lot of research and not just research from going out and asking people. It's, I think that's important, but sitting down and understanding why you're starting these things. Cause I think you starting a brand and then trying to figure out like, who am I going to sell it to is like a little bit backwards when yeah. normally you start something to solve a problem and then you start finding out what's called a mentor of mine calls it TAM, total addressable market. Then you start figuring out what that is and what that avatar looks like and who the ideal person, what's your dream person that you're trying to sell to? What do they look like? How do you, how do they act again? Go back to what do they read? What are the blogs? What are the movies, TV shows they watch? What music are they listening to? That's how you start figuring that out. And then you validate it, right? Then now you have to validate it because this is based off nothing. You're starting your brand. You're starting your business. You think you have a total addressable market. You think you know who you're selling it to, but now you have to go validate whether that offer actually works that marketplace. And then that's when you start crafting your offer a little bit more and you start getting, and you start getting a little bit better in how you sell things and how you talk about the brand and what you do. But it starts with research. It starts with asking around. It starts with getting in front of people and showing it to people and seeing if people have it. Pre-sales work that way all the time. Right, a brand drops something and they try to sell it and they say it's a pre-sale and if they can sell through it, great. Then they go and make the product. If they don't have any, if they don't have anyone, guess what? They refund the people and they never make it. Kickstarter does this all the time, right? Brands go on Kickstarter, they try to raise money to validate an offer. If they don't raise mm -hmm. the money, they don't deliver. Speaking of which, I think I bought something off Kickstarter back in 2015 and I never got it because I think they reached their goal, but there's still no guarantee. It's like uh, oh. they ran out of funding at some point, but that's how they do it. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay. That looks like that's all of our questions for today. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly somebody who wants to take their business to the next level. You want to get better. And I understand that being an entrepreneur sometimes can feel like a little bit of a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just so important. It was super helpful in my own development as well. And as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you may have in order to grow and scale your business. It's for that reason why I launched a consulting coaching program called the Market Domination Method 
connected. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you hear this, we're open for applications right now for new members to join. So to request an invitation or to book a free diagnostic call, call it a game plan call. I'll literally sit with you and demonstrate the value that we could bring to your business on that call. Let's jump on a call. Uh, we'll discuss ways you could possibly grow your business. Head on over to jportnoy.com, J-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y.com. You'll find all the different ways you could work together. It's going to be the best business decision you'll make. So hope to speak soon. Head on over to jportnoy.com, book that free game plan call, and I look forward to talking to you soon.